Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. So we're going to talk about Zach Wilson in a second. But because I am a Yankees fan, because the Yankees are the most uh, important team in the history of baseball by far, and because they are the winningest franchise in the history of worldwide sports with 27 championships, let me just mention that the most important thing that happened in New York sports yesterday was not Aaron Judge's continued chase of the real single-season home run mark. Everyone says, oh, the American League record, 61, Roger Maris. No, I'm talking about the clean one, without any juice, where Barry Bonds at the age of 36, he's already a Hall of Famer, but at the age of 36, suddenly his home run to at-bat ratio doubles. Get out of here. So does his forehead. Get out of here. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, get out of here. Guys heading out of the league, and, and all of a sudden, they're the greatest sluggers anyone's ever seen. Get out of here with that. Aaron Judge is chasing the real home run record, 61, set by Roger Maris, who broke Babe Ruth's record of 60, also a Yankee, also a Yankee, who broke Babe Ruth's record of 59, also a Yankee, who broke Babe Ruth's record of 54, who broke his record that he set with the Red Sox of 19, going back to 1919. All right, all Yankees records. And Judge is on pace to break Roger Maris's record. That's huge. But the Yankees picked up Frankie Montas, who is a real... Good, top of the rotation, maybe not an ace, but like a deuce, on a good staff, a, 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 a tray, right, a, third, a, a number three starter. Severino might not pitch again until September. That's a huge pickup for the Yankees. And by the way, they didn't give up any of their top three or four prospects. It, they gave up a haul in terms of like high-end potential prospects, arms that can throw 100 and stuff like that and are good, arm in AAA and here and there. But damn, Frankie Montas, that's a... Castillo and Montas are basically the same guy, more or less, in terms of the numbers they put up. And Castillo went for a whole lot more than than Cashman had to give up to get his guy. So that's huge, and that's going on in baseball right now. Harry, I know you're a big baseball fan. Maybe we'll take some Yankees calls a little later. Mm -hmm. But right now, you heard the sound coming in. And Freddie Coleman, fast Freddie Coleman, uh, try to pull a fast one on everyone there. Zach Wilson, Freddie. Is Freddie a Jets fan? Does anyone know Freddie is a Jets fan? Let's get Fred. Let's call Freddie right now. Freddie, be like, come on, man. I'm not subbing in for you today. I'm not working the show today. Don't call me in the morning. <laughs> but Freddie Coleman said Zach Wilson, second best quarterback in the AFC East. I got to tell you the truth. That's possible. But I think it's more likely, Harry, that Zach Wilson's the fourth best quarterback in the AFC East. Um, Josh Allen's one. Yeah. I think we saw a guy who went to the playoffs last year in Mac Jones as two. And Tua Tagovailoa, who, by the way, <laughs> might be kind of slept on right now, has a chance to be three. Yeah. Zach Wilson might be three, maybe could be two, can't be one, but maybe also could be four. Where do you think he is or could is going to be this year? Zach Wilson? Yeah. I think he could easily be two. Or three. Um, here's Not the four, thing. he's better than Tua? Well, it, it, both of these guys to be determined. That's the thing about them. Like, you look at Tua and what he has now on his roster, um, a make it a break it year for him, can he get it done with the people that have surrounded him? Zach Wilson, I think they did a great job of surrounding him with some playmakers. Now, can he get it done? Can he make that jump? But they did a – like, Tua – I think the Dolphins felt they were a little closer, and I think they were right. Than the Jets. Yes. And so Tua has, is working with more than Zach Wilson right now, right? Well, he, he is, but one of the things about this Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan offense is that 
the run game has to be valuable and the running game has to be on point. That's another reason why they went and got Brees Hall, who was one of the most phenomenal backs in college that football. That was such what they got in the State. second round? Uh, second or third. Second, I mean, that was a. The, 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 there were two moves as the Giants fan, like, ooh, they grabbed Brees Hall. And then, and then the Jets took, and then the Eagles took, uh, what's Brad his name? Uh, and the linebacker. Oh, you're talking about Nicobe Dean. Yeah. Nicobe yeah. Dean and Bryce. I'm like, man, you can get some talent. You don't need to get it in the first <laughs> round. I mean, and, and you can find it. But also, I think one of the most things that's uh, misunderstood about a Kyle Shanahan offense or a Mike Shanahan offense is that the tight end is utilized and is very valuable as well. You look at um, the teams that, that, I guess, run that offense, and you say the tight end plays an intricate role. They got C.J. Ozama from the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals who did a great job from them, and Joe Burrow played a big role in, in Joe yeah. Burrow and his success last year. He's now on that roster, along with drafting a Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, a Corey Davis, who I played with in Tennessee, and Elijah Moore, a guy that they're going to be banking on as well to be healthy every game this season and adding to, adding to the punch. Now, also, I, love, I like what they did offensive line-wise. They moved Makai Becton um, to right tackle. You're going to have uh, George Fant uh, at, at left. You have Vera Tucker. But when you look at Zach Wilson and his progression, and I played with the guy in Matt Ryan, and I talked to Matt Ryan when he was in Kyle Shanahan's offense the first year. It's, 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 it's a challenge, and you're, and, you're, and you're trying to figure out what's going on and, and how you can compartmentalize and get old stuff out of your head so you can grasp that offense. But in hindsight, that offense in year two moving forward is better than it is in year one. And I think Zach Wilson being able to understand what uh, Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, little brother, uh, what he wants to do and what's the confines of that offense. Now, you can't have nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions, but I also think you have teaching tapes to, to show Zach Wilson the do's and the don'ts. We don't need you to be a hero. We just need you to deliver the football. And if you give us a, a heroic play here and there, we'll take that. Not, nine to 11 is a little underwater, but it's basically a one-to-one ratio, right? Yeah. And – Josh Allen had the same ratio his rookie year. And then his second year, he had a two-to-one ratio. And his third year, he had a three-to-one ratio. Now, that's like the ideal development. And they've got to go out and get him Stephon Diggs and all that. Zach Wilson doesn't need to do that. But this season, if he winds up, you know, throwing low 20 touchdowns and teen interceptions even as a a second-year quarterback. This is the Keyshawn Johnson, Bill Parcells kind of like what they want to see year over year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to take the world by storm to me, Zach Wilson, no. this year, but he has to show progress. Makai Becton's injury last year I thought was a huge deal. It was. And, and I really liked the way the Jets went about philosophically building their team. We got the big left tackle. Mm-hmm. Now we get the talented quarterback. And they just moved him back to right. <clears throat> now they move him to right tackle. He's a big guy. I mean, he's, he's Louisville, more of a – Louisville, baby. Huh? Louisville. Louisville, that's right. Louisville product. Um, I like him at right. I like the idea of him at right tackle. But they they have the quarterback, the offensive line. They're starting to add pieces. The Dolphins, however, this year feel like they're knocking on the door a little bit more. Tua is working with more than Zach Wilson. Uh, Mac Jones has Bill Belichick. He went to the playoffs last year. He won't go this year, though. I don't know. He's apparently he's looking pretty good so far, right? He won't go this year, though, Max. You sure about that? The AFC is just too tough. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me. It's not. No, no it's not. It's, not, a, yeah, yeah. it's the AFC, period. Yeah, it's the AFC. But the th- here's the thing, though. So you have the AFC, uh, all the winners, so there's four, and you got three more. Now you have three teams that aren't going to win the division in the West, and all three could go, right? Look at the and, north. and then you have the one or two teams in the North. Yes. 
So you think, okay, that's it. The Patriots are out. The only thing I'll say about that is this, Harry. If Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin's your coach, even when the other team has on paper what looks like a better team, somehow those guys are in the mix every single year. I can't count out. I don't think the Steelers are going. Can't count them out. And maybe you're right about the Patriots. Can't count them out. Cannot count them but out. But here's another thing we got to factor in. The AFC South. You're going to have a winner out of there. And whoever is not the winner, whether it's the Tennessee Titans or the They might have a good regular Colts. season record you see in saying? a soft division. So that's yeah. another team that you gotta you got to kind of put although, in the mix as well. You know, although um, you got some – you got – Jacksonville coming up in the world, just addition by subtraction in terms of the coaching staff. And so maybe it won't be as easy to rack up those wins in that division this year as it has been recently. Uh, obviously, if you're choosing number one overall, you're no good. Then they bring in the wrong coach and they're no good again. But if they get a little bit better, I don't know, but I hear what you're saying. Between the Colts and the Titans, you may have the team that doesn't win the division with a good record. Yep. Yeah. So it's going to be tough. you got to factor all that in. And that's the only reason I would say the New England Patriots wouldn't make the playoffs. Plus, I think one of the things that's, that's hindering them to me is that Bill Belichick and his defense is accustomed and used to having a shutdown, lockdown corner. When you look at a Ty Law, when you look at an Asante Samuel, you look at a Darrell Revis, a Tlaib, right, a J.C. Jackson, a Stephon Gilmore, they don't have that Yeah, right. this year. They don't have that. And Bill Belichick normally specializes and builds his defense guy. around yep. that guy. You know what I'm saying? A guy that can you uh, go take him away. Yeah, not the edge rusher so much as in the modern NFL, the shutdown matchup guy in the in the in yep. the secondary. Because you can do a lot of things and have a lot of versatility defensively when you have a guy that you can say, "Hey, go shut this guy out for me." Take when you take away the number one yeah. option. That's listen. And guess what? Stephon Gilmore is now. Yeah, Belichick's. That's right. Belichick is. His philosophy is not that complicated, really. It's beat me with your third best thing. Correct. I'm going to take away your best thing and your second best thing. Beat me with your third best thing. I'm a double number two. Yeah. I'm going to play man-to-man on number one. Or I'm a double number one, put my best corner on number two, and, and see how else you third can beat And if you can, I tip my cap. 100%. Yeah. Um, Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Got a business insurance quote online in as little as six months. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right. We're going to bring in our producer, Pat Costello. One of the coolest last names in the business. To play slump or jump. Ooh. Come on, Pat. Welcome, Pat. Oh, we don't have any production for this. Yeah, we'll give Pat a big uh, yeah, Oh, yeah, great. Very handsome. Very handsome host of Slump or Jump. Yeah, great. Great job. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Zach Wilson, guys. So is Zach Wilson going to slump or jump this season? Well, I think he's going to jump. When you look at... What he did last year, he missed a few games uh, due to injury, but he threw nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and really had to learn what the NFL was about. I don't think you can be any worse, so I'm going to go jump. I'll say jump, too. I think Zach Wilson has some talent, and um, he's going to have better than a 9-11 to 11 intercept, touchdown interception ratio for exactly the reason Harry just gave you. He's going to jump. The other New York quarterback, Daniel Jones. Is he going to slump or jump, guys? Quarterback. This is tough because their receivers have a hard time being healthy. Um, Saquon Barkley has to be healthy as well. I think the run game and Brian Dable, they're going to have to implement that run game and make it more valuable, which he didn't do while he was in Buffalo. I'm going to go ahead and say dump. I mean slump. That's that's not one of the options. <laughs> There's no dump. What? Slump. What? I'm going to go slump. I don't know about this dump. I mean, I, Number two. 
Um, <laughs> that was number two, wasn't it? <laughs> so I'm I'm looking for something here. That uh, okay? So Giants Daily, which I follow on Twitter, mm-hmm. retweeted this from Justin Pennick. Daniel Jones has been dot 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 not very good today. A lot of inaccurate throws. Most uncomfortable he's looked so far in camp. Uh, I want to say jump. I really do. I'm going to say slump. Maybe not off his current levels, but enough where it's going to be clear he's not the answer. So there you have it. All right. Slump or dump, apparently. Um, <laughs> what, did I say dump, too? No, no. <laughs> Harry did. I did. Uh, I'm but, sorry. <laughs> slump or jump, Baker Mayfield, Harry? I'm going to go slump. I, I just don't see it in Carolina. Um, I know they have some decent receivers. Christian McCaffrey hasn't played much football in the last two years, and, and I don't think you can just count on him carrying the load, knowing that he does have that, those industry, in, uh, injuries. Offensive line hasn't been good uh, the last few years for the Carolina Panthers. They did um, get better in those regards, but who they're playing, especially the first six, seven, uh, I would say eight games, um, they're playing some tough defenses. And Baker Mayfield, when you look at him, he no one has more turnovers since 2018. So I'm going to go slump, even though it's his last lead. Uh, I'm going to say jump just because a lot of he was in a bad situation last year in the sense that he's in a contract year, so he wants to stay on the field, and he's a tough guy, wants to stay on the field, and yet he, his shoulder's messed up, and he's really not himself, and he doesn't have a lot of margin for error because he's not tall, he's not fast. But I like the way he reads defenses uh, for the most part. I mean, he has some brain freezes, it's true. I think he's actually consistently pretty good, and he has a nice arm. It's it's strong enough. It's accurate enough. Um, I think he's going to jump just because I think he's pretty good. And and I don't know what the team record will be, but I, I he was hurt last year. It was not representative of what he can do, I don't think. Tua Tungavailoa, is he going to slump or jump this season, Harry? Chris Cross will make you jump, jump. The Mac that will make you jump. I'm gonna go Chris jump. Cross going to jump. When you look at all the pieces that Mike McDaniel have brought in, um, along with Mr. Greer as their general manager. You talk about Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, uh, Tyreek Hill, Mohamed Sanu, Cedric Wilson, to go along with the Jalen Waddle, right? You have two tight ends, I think, in Kaseki and Durham Smythe, um, who can play the game at a very high level. Teron, uh, uh, Teron Armstead, who, who's a key piece uh, to their offensive line, who's going to be a key piece, Connor Williams, bringing him over from Dallas at the center position. I think Tua Tagovailoa Tagovailoa is, is set up for success, so I'm going to go Tua. He's going to show us something this year that we haven't seen from him before. Yeah, I'm going to say jump. Uh, Tua, I, I, I keep doing this, and I know Jeff Darlington made the point. It was a good one on this just in. <clears throat> Terrific show on ESPN, by the way. Handsome host. Handsome host. <laughs> um, he made the point, because I always compare him to, 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 uh, to, to uh, uh, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. It's like any time a quarterback's not good early in his career, you can compare him to Drew Brees, right? But he came in the same height as Drew Brees. He was saying maybe he could be a left-handed Drew Brees, all this kind of stuff, and so far, his career is on a similar traje- trajectory, and I know you have to adjust for errors, but in an absolute sense, he's had a better career so far at the same point than Drew Brees has had as a pro. I think he's going to jump. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Series XM Channel 80. We're playing Slump or Jump with various quarterbacks around the NFL. So, uh, guys, Jalen Hurts, Harry, be careful on this one because we will dump you. It's fine. I'm, I'm going to give you my analysis. I don't care about what your feelings are, Pat. So when it comes to Jalen Hurts, I'm going to go jump. One of the good, things that good, they did good. for this team is got Jalen Hurts a a number number one to go along with the number one that they drafted a year ago, Devontae Smith, 
in A.J. Brown, a guy that he can throw jump balls to no matter if he's covered or not, a guy that you can trust to come down with the football. Not to mention, you look at this offense, and when Nick Sirianni figured out after the Bucks game last year during the regular season, you know what, we need to go be in a, a run offense first. They were the number one team in the National Football League. You lean on that offensive line, which is one of the best, if not the best, in the National Football League. So I think this football team and Jalen Hurts, they're going to jump a lot more than people think they are. I think they're going to jump, and it's so funny how, I don't know if people have pointed this out yet, but it's kind of low-hanging fruit. Tua and Hurts, how similar their positions. Tua took Hurts' job. Hertz went to the same school to Oklahoma, by the way, that the previous consecutive number one overall picks, both of whom were height challenged, like him, went, and he didn't go one overall, he went in the second round. So our perception of him is different. Even though started for the same team Tua did, basically did as well as Tua, went to the school that Baker and, and, and you know uh, uh, Kyler did, basically did more or less what they did, more or less. Maybe a little less in both cases. And now... Tua, they already drafted his guy, but then they went out and signed another guy who's kind of redundant with the first guy, but still, they already drafted Hertz's guy, and then they go out and trade for a real number one, even if Hertz is, even if Devontae Smith could be a number one. They're in such similar positions. It's going to be really interesting for me to see how they develop and to compare the two of them. I think he's going to jump. He flashed as a rookie. He made progress his second year. They've thrown all the resources behind him his third year. He should jump. Dak Prescott, slump or jump? Ooh, Max is waiting for my answer with this one. I'm going to say slump. And I'm going to say slump because of the simple fact that you don't have Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is not going to be there to start the year. So you're counting on C.D. Lamb. not saying that C.D. Lamb can't do it. It's just that I just don't think you can have one guy in their sense. They're going to have to lean a lot on tight end Dalton Schultz, but they also have to lean a lot on the run game with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, but then you're going to have people that's going to stack the box. Who can win one-on-one on the outsides? Uh, we know C.D. Lamb can do it. He showed flashes of it, but who else? And you're going to be counting on young guys and rookies to, 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 to be able to make these plays for you, and I just don't think Dallas is going to be able to progress in doing that. This is a tricky one for me because when we say slump, do we mean it in reality or what the perception is going to be? I think he's going to slump in perception, but maybe actually jump in reality. The one thing that makes me nervous as a Giants fan and Cowboys hater is that no one is picking the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl this year. Mm -hmm. That makes me nervous because usually everyone picks them. A lot of people pick them. (laughs) At this network, at least two, three guys pick the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl, and they never do. It makes me nervous because Dak, while he's not great, and I've been banging that drum, we know he's good. He's a B-plus quarterback. Is he great? We Maybe he's trending in that direction. He hasn't proven it yet. They're paying him like he is. But he is very good. You know, He, he ain't bad. He's one of the – there are 13 quarterbacks different than the others. He's one of them. So I, I think he'll make progress as a quarterback because it's his second year off of injury. Usually that's when guys make real progress. He's a veteran now, the whole thing. But the surrounding team may not be as good, so it may not look like he's making progress. So, I, so for that reason, I'm going to say slump. Yeah, that's what that's 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 my main reason. Joe Burrow, slump or jump? The uh, the jump isn't very high since you know it would have to be a Super Bowl win. But slump or jump? Um, from an individual standpoint, I think it's going to be a jump. Uh, when you look at 
what the Cincinnati Bengals did offensive line-wise. They were the worst team in protecting the quarterback last year, and Joe Burrow still figured out a way to get it done and made the Super Bowl in doing so. A guy that got sacked nine times in the divisional round against the Tennessee Titans, and Joe Burrow was Joe cool as hell and still found a way to get it done. Uh, they brought in Ted Harris at the center position, Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then Lyle Collins from the Dallas Cowboys. So their point of emphasis in this offseason was the offensive line, and I think they did a great job of doing that, so I'm going to say jump. I'm going to say jump because he was uh, not in the top 10 in QBR, Joe Burrow. 34 touchdowns, 14 picks. I think he can do better than that, and that's good. That's quite good, but I think he can do more. Uh not quite 5,000 yards. I think he can do more. And now, does he get back to the Super Bowl? Probably not, because almost no one ever gets to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Mm-hmm. But as, a, as an individual, I think he will improve, and therefore I'm going to say jump. All right, last one here, fellas. Last slump or jump, Kyler Murray. Harry, what do you think? Ooh, that's a tough one. I um, ask great I, questions, I, Harry. I think because of their schedule, um, I think they have one of the toughest schedules in the National Football League. I'm going to say slump. And you're already starting off your season with some dark clouds around you. Uh, the addendum, the contract situation, he, the press conference that he had. They have an now addendum he, to the addendum. It's not there anymore. Yeah, now, now he has COVID. He's going to be out at least a week. A week in training camp actually matters a lot because that's the rapport you need to build with. Uh, even though you play with him in college, Marquise Brown, you need that. Um, you need to get more rapport with A.J. Green, even though he was there last year. DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be there. Uh, Trey McBride that they drafted out of Colorado State, I think they're going to go a lot more too tight end set. You need to build that rapport with him as well. So I'm going to go slump here. I'm going to say jump, actually, Harry, and I'll tell you why. I agree with you, slump in those, in those ways, but I think those are not the issues. We know Kyler can ball. Mm-hmm. What we want to know is can he stay healthy, and I can't predict that. Yeah. And the other thing we want to know now after this offseason is, can he be a mature leader? And I think that is so on the front of his mind now. I think he must have been very embarrassed by what just happened in the offseason. He just got paid. He got the bag. Harry, I'm going to say he's going to make it his business to prove to people that he's not immature. And for that reason, I think he'll make strides in that area in terms of public perception. So I'm going to say jump because that's really what we're looking for this year. No DeAndre Hopkins early. You know, he'd been hurt, but wore down recently. What we're really looking for is can he fix that issue? And if he can convince us that he can fix the issue of immaturity, we're going to think of more of him by the end of next year. Here's my thing. Can he fix that issue in just one year? Or is he that, is gotta, that, or is that a, a over time type thing? Because I don't think he can just in one year, maybe in, not, in a but few it, months, you know, turn. As long as he doesn't say stupid stuff at press conferences, we won't know the difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As long you. as his offensive tackle isn't coming on this show saying, "Hey, he's immature," <laughs> we're going to think he's gotten better. I'm going to think it. Should I expect my glorious New York Yankees to make any more deadline moves? They acquired. The best remaining starter, I know Castillo is considered better than Montas, but I don't know. They're about the same to me, and they give up a lot less to get their guy. Huge deadline move from the Yankees. Any more of those coming? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. are in a bit of a waiting game. The Nationals have put out packages to all of the interested parties who they believe they can match up with. Everybody's got a strong opinion about the Dodgers and Yankees. Now you get soda and that just goes through the roof because the idea is how do the rich keep getting richer? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas in for Key and J today. Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB Insider joins us now. Jeff, I understand I have six minutes with you exactly from this moment, so we'll get right into it. Latest on the Juan Soto trade talks. Looks like Juan Soto is likely to move today, Max. And the question is, is where is he going? Say, uh, St. Louis, Los Angeles, and the presumptive favorite San Diego have been in the mix from the start. Uh, but if Juan Soto does go, it is going to be for a legendarily large trade package. And listen, the, the Dodgers and Padres in particular have been the focus over the last few days. St. Louis could come in and backdoor it, of course. But uh, I said this a few days ago, I'll say it now. I anticipate that he's going to be in Southern California when it's all said and done. Now, with that out of the way, Max Kellerman, I want to see receipts on you saying Aaron Judge was going to hit 60 home runs in the preseason. 100%. There was... 100%. Max, I said it. There was I, no reason. That, that yeah, was there an was. absurd take at the time. No, the, no, absurd it wasn't. Jeff, Jeff, wait a minute. He hit 52 home runs as a rookie. He had not Five played. Five years ago. He, as a rookie, you think he's never going to improve off his rookie season? Last year, in le- fewer than 150 games, he hit 39 home runs. Now he's in a contract right, so in year those, so with a those, chip on so his shoulder. Extra, yeah. So in those extra 14 games, he's going to hit 20-something no, home no, runs? No, it's that he was on, co- no, no, no. It's that he was coming off of two really, tr- really three truncated seasons, one because of COVID and two because of injury. And even in those seasons, he had great home run to at-bat ratios. So he hadn't been in a rhythm of playing really a full season since his rookie year where he hit 52. And then as soon as you blink, as soon as he had most of a season, he almost hit 40. And so given the motivation and the kind of trajectory of his career, I thought there was a very good chance that if he stayed healthy, he would hit 60. I said that before the season. Everyone said I was crazy. Props, Max Kellerman, props to you for that. Because I think uh, barring some sort of injury, Aaron Judge is going to hit 60-plus home runs this year. He'll set the record. I mean, like, you know, let's face it. Maguire and Sosa were trending. That's a, that's a, that's a debate for They were trending a, out of the league. Have more time. Bonds <laughs> doubled his home run to at-bat ratio with a sudden a dramatic change in his physical appearance at the age of 36. The record 61. He's gonna, he has a good shot to break. Okay, how about while we're on the subject of the Yankees? Harry wants to get in here. But I love the Ben Attendee pickup. 
Um, I love the Montas pickup because he's real good, and they didn't give up like their top prospects for him. How much have they improved? They've gotten better. They've gotten incrementally better, though. You know, Frankie Montas is a slight upgrade in the rotation, and with Luis Severino going on the 60-day, that's helpful. Uh, Andrew Benintendi was an upgrade in left field, and I think he's going to approve a very capable player in that lineup, like fifth, sixth, maybe seventh best bat. Uh, Scott Efros is really interesting, and he and Lou Trevino were the two relievers that the Yankees got. He throws sidearm. Doesn't throw very hard, but uh, doesn't walk guys, strikes him out, and best of all, he's going to be around for a long time. So uh, I thought the Yankees have done really well without being flashy. Now, Jeff, i got to ask you, what other deals could you see the Yankees making before today's deadline? I think if there's a deal to be made, it's going to be uh, somebody going in the other direction. I imagine Joey Gallo is going to be moving on from New York. Uh, it has been a rough full calendar year now for him. And listen, some guys go to New York and just never take to it. And I think Joey Gallo is going to join the list of uh, Sonny Gray and uh, of, of other, you know, Yankees targets who they hoped would be great. And in the end, just didn't do it there and got shipped out the door. Jeff Passan, MLB uh, insider with us now, ESPN MLB insider talking about the trade deadline, major league baseball. Um, you know, I, I want to get back to the Yankees. Uh, well, I, I want to, we have to end on the Mets because we haven't asked you anything about them, but I don't care about the Mets. I care about the Yankees. When, when we see the Yankees getting incrementally better, this has been Brian Cashman's specialty, Jeff, for years now. Xavier Nady and, and, and Jason Bay are both available from Pittsburgh. You have to give up a lot to get Bay. He'll give up a little and get Nady, right? Like, he makes very good, smart, marginal moves, but had been reticent to part with treasure or prospects to the point where you can bring in a a Justin Verlander when you really needed him, right? And the Yankees have not won a World Series, I would argue, as a result of that, um, that that temperament. But how much of that is Cashman's temperament, and how much of it is Hal Steinbrenner doesn't want to pay the repeater luxury tax? Are Cashman's hands tied? I don't think his hands are tied, but I I think the better answer to that is going to be this offseason, Max. Are they going to resign Aaron Judge or not? Right. Like, isn't that isn't that going to be the ultimate arbiter here, showing where the Yankees' head is at? Like, yeah. I just think that Aaron yeah. Judge is the litmus test. So, so I think that's a I think that's a very good answer. Any big moves the Mets might make? Uh, they're looking for bats right now. JD Martinez is out there. Um, Sorry, I'm getting texts at this moment. That oh, could great. be very interesting. Uh, J.D. Whoa. Martinez is out there. Uh, now I'm not breaking anything on your show. Ah, come on. Time here. Come on. Pass him. What's uh, the matter with don't you? Don't be such a party pooper, Jeff. <laughs> He's going, oh, that's interesting. Just what you want to hear from your insider while you're interviewing him at the trade deadline on your, on your morning national morning show is, ooh, ooh, look at that. What is it? Oh, I can't say it. I'm going to save this for another show. Jeff <laughs> Pass him. You know, guys, yes. go, get, go, get your, go get your own damn sources. All right. Right. Oh, no, you're the source. That's what we have you for. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Uh, I'm sure we're listening. Jeff will be all over the network all day today. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it as always. It's going to be a busy day, boys. Take care. Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB insider. Why the biggest X factor for the Cowboys might actually be on defense. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let me start by saying something that one of our producers, they properly used the word dilemma. I'm very happy about that, Harry. Because <laughs> dilemma does not mean a tough choice, uh-huh. which it's come to mean from people. It, it actually means a choice between two bad options. That's the dilemma, mm-hmm. right? I had a dilemma last night. I was staying out on Long Island. Summertime, kids are out there. Mm-hmm. One of them is back from camp. One's still in camp. So I got two. So now I have two out there. And so, you know, to do this shop, I drove in. Uh, I got to get up at 2 in the morning, right? And it's like I want to get in bed around 8 o'clock. Now, I take them out for – they go to the children's museum. They're running around. I take them because it's raining. I take them to dinner, early dinner. We get home. Great. They're tired. I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 don't take a nap. It's 645. They're not going to sleep through the night. They fall asleep. So now I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? Now it's 8 o'clock. I take, so the little one, I figured, let me let him fall into a deep sleep, and I'll carry him upstairs. I carry the little one, the 7-year-old, upstairs, put her in bed, get the 11-year-old up and, like, walk her upstairs. Mm-hmm. I, I try to pick her up. She's like, I just want to walk her so walk her upstairs. And, thank God, and, uh, they get upstairs, they get into bed, but the little one, she's kind of like waking up a little now. And I'm like, oh, man, please. <laughs> I go back downstairs. I hear crying from upstairs. I go back upstairs. She's a sweetheart. She's like, Daddy, I'm just not tired because I, I fell asleep. I took a nap, basically took a nap. So what do I do? You know, what do, what do I do? I got her up. We watched the rest of Rio. We've been Rio. about halfway through Hung out a little bit, put him to bed. So, of course, I didn't sleep much last night. But the dilemma is if your kid is tired at 645, what do you do? You got to keep him up. You got to keep him up. Like, I've I've run into that issue on numerous of occasions, like with my wife and and my my son, who's a three now. Um, Like, when she's working and I have both of them, uh, she's like, hey, what what is Princey doing? That's what we call my son. I was like, oh, he sleeps still. She was like, well, can you wake him up? So right. he can sleep throughout. I've the done night. that at that young age. I get that. I'm saying like when they get a little older, or even by three years old, it's six forty-five and they're really tired. No, you right? gotta keep them up, Max. Yeah, I know. I should have kept them up. You got you got to do everything in your power to keep them up. And it's easier. It's easier said than done, especially when because you it know kids so cute. They all got yeah. into my bed together and they started cuddling. And I, I but then I they get cranky too when they're, when they're tired and yeah, exactly. They, they, they get agitated and cranky and. Anyway, Other things can I'm occur not going too. Not on a lot of sleep right now, but what else is new? Kids, man. But we love them. We love yeah. them. We do, don't we? Yeah, we yes, do. We do. <laughs> you guys don't sound convinced. We. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, there it is. That's the bad to the bone beat. Uh-oh, I don't know if you can play these lyrics. Uh, I don't think you can play the next lyric. Careful. 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 Did you screen this, Yates? Sleep in the sheets. It's made of satin. Yes. Uh, yeah, you have to be careful, though. <laughs> yeah. Was this in a movie? It sounds like a, like a movie, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like one of those no. Spike Lee movies. I don't think Spike ever put it in a movie. When this, this song, right, this beat hit so hard. When this dropped in New York City, I'm mm-hmm. just telling you, everyone ripped up their rhymes and started again. Diamonds and jelly jars to earn respect, collect bar fight scars from 88. I was yeah, four. Anyway. Yeah. All four. right, cool G rap, bad to I the was boy. four. <laughs> you hear that running rebel beat? Eric B. From Eric B. and Rakim produced this one. That beat is insane. Hold on, just play the beat during the chorus. It's coming right up. Because there's no words in the chorus. Here we go. Turn that up, Yates. Do you hear that beat? Oof. They don't make them like that anymore. All right. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. So, Harry, people, we've been talking a lot about X factors for the Cowboys, right? Mm -hmm. And focusing on Zeke and Dak, no surprise. The quarterback and then this big star running back for a team that does better when they run the ball. The best player on the team is their linebacker. The best player, I got to tell you the truth, Harry. I, I know I'm jumping the gun with it. He hasn't proven it yet. Aaron Donald is just a different species of alien, right? I agree of with you. Of all the rest of humanity, if I could choose one defender to have on my team, right, and part of it is what he's already done, and part of it was what I think he's about to do, it's Micah Parsons. And the, that's, it. that's if you're erasing everything that you, you've known everyone has already done. Yeah, correct? I'm not going on resume. I'm going just on what I've seen in the last year. I, I don't think That's the dude I want. That. And for some odd reason, we keep seeing Mr. Parsons in these races against DBs and other skill position players, and he's always come out on top as the winner. So that lets you know his athleticism. But we were talking about something on air, like how you have a guy like Troy Palamalu who was just so instinctive, and it was more so, okay, let's tailor things around Troy and let Troy do what he does versus try to put him in a box and make him fit a system. 100%. It's the same thing when you talk about Parsons. Like, you let him Instincts. do what he do. Instincts of the game. LT, same which is thing. A, which is a, a big part of, of, of things and what coaches dream of and drool at the mouth for when it comes to a player. Be instinctive. But not only be instinctive, be instinctive and make the play and be dominant while doing it. And Parsons is that guy. He's whether that he's guy. at the linebacker position, whether he's in – coverage as a linebacker or whether he's on the defensive line rushing and rushing the quarterback and getting sacks or being disruptive in calls and turnovers. Yeah, he there, does it I all. Mean, there are some monsters, including Miles Garrett in the NFL. And I'm not no slight. Miles Garrett is a beast. But man's child. Yeah, man, he, he's, he's, a, he, he's a man. But Miles Garrett is like a regular great defensive end in the sense that every couple of years you'll have a guy like that, right? 
yep. whoever's on top that year in the two, three years, a Miles Garrett or a Watt or a whoever, you know. <clears throat> well, J.J. Watt at his best was different. I think he was a different kind of species, too, at his, at his height. But Or a Bosa brother, right? Mm-hmm. Joey or Nick? Yeah. Miles Garrett's one of those guys. But then you get to a different thing. LT in his prime. Uh, Aaron Donald in his prime. Mm-hmm. Bruce Smith in his prime. Reggie White. Reggie White in his prime. To me, that's where Parsons looks like he could be heading. Like, not just, hey, yeah, every couple years there's this dominant defensive player, but every bunch of years there's a guy who you will never forget, and Parsons has that kind of talent. And we got we got also got to tell the listeners, we're not saying Parsons are those people. Right. We're just saying that based off last year and what we've seen, we can see yeah. that he can – Traject in, 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 in at those guys' level. Yeah. If he continues on the path that he set last year. I mean, J.J. Watt, people forget now because Aaron Donald came on his heels and it was like, oh, my God. But And he's a different position, but J.J. Watt had a run of dominance there that, like, unseen since LT, where year after year after year, that's the best defensive player in the league. Then he got hurt. It was never the same. Mm-hmm. But he was there for a minute. Uh, I, I would say Aaron Donald, obviously. Parsons, like if you had to say who had the crown, who had the title, best defensive player in the world, Aaron Donald holds it. Oh, yeah. And he took Hands it down. from J.J. Watt. Yep. Who did J.J. Watt take it from? I'd have to go back and think. But Parsons, if, he's good, if, if Aaron Donald eventually gives up the crown, eventually you think it's going to happen, I think Parsons is the next champ. You look at a guy like Parsons and you look at their team and how they're constructed – he was second on their team in tackles. First in sacks with 13, which was remarkable for a rookie. But then he added rookie three, linebacker. But then he added three forced <clears throat> fumbles. And to me, um, I think the forced fumbles mean, means a lot because not only is he sacking a quarterback, but he is creating turnovers for his offense to get the ball back. And we all know the Dallas Cowboys offense last year needed the ball back multiple times. And that defense did a great job of getting them the ball back. You know, there are some guys like I think of – I've told this story before, but the first time I saw Patrick Mahomes throw a ball in preseason, mm-hmm. I came on first take the next day and said, and said, I will tell my grandkids I saw him throw. It, it was probably against when I played for the Tennessee Titans because we played in a in preseason, preseason game at Kansas City where Patrick Mahomes played. He looked just like about then. Brett Favre reincarnated, right? I, I was saying to myself, on the field, what in the hell are, are we witnessing right now? And everyone's like, oh, you can't say that already. I'm like, I'm not saying he's going to be Brett Favre. Turned out he's much better than Brett Favre. But I'm just saying I will tell my grandkids I saw this dude throw. He's electric, right? I remember because the ones that you remember are not always the ones that go down as the greatest of all time because, you know, they hit bumps in the road, but they made an impression on you at a certain point. Yep. I remember watching Sean Merriman in that crazy season he had. Remember that one? And I was thinking, getting to the quarterback, that is as good as anyone I've ever seen, just purely getting to the quarterback. But Parsons, I have that feeling like I'm watching Merriman, but it's more like as an overall player, mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, my God, that's as like, talented as it gets. That dude is something else. And is he the most important player on the team this year? Especially because that that defense could take a step back. The offense could take a step back. But he's ascending in his career. You would think he's going into his second season. Well, the thing that's hard about me saying that he's the most important player on the team is that we all know to have success in the National Football League in these times in 2022, 
your quarterback has to be the most important player. Um, now, if we're going back to the 2000s where we see the Ravens won a Super Bowl and with the quarterback that they had and whatnot, then you can easily say that because we know that defense. Who was and, the most important player on the Rams last year? Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying, but but I was but 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 here here's why I can get tricky. A lot of people will say Cooper Cup, but I can easily say Matthew Stafford because but no, no, I'm not saying put, either one. They put all the chip. Oh, you talking about Aaron Donald? This is what I'm saying. When we're talking about that rarefied air, because you said, hey, back in the day, LT could be the most important. Lawrence Taylor, yeah. be, but time times have changed. But sometimes you can hit a peak that's so high that maybe you could argue, and I did last year, Aaron Donald's the most important player on the team. In well, fact, I think Aaron Donald's the best player in, in football, football right. period. Offense or I'm defense. saying Parsons has a chance to be something like that. I'm not saying it's a long way from Aaron. I know it's a lot to do between now and Aaron Donald. I'm just saying, to me, he pops like that. Like, even in this era, yeah. he maybe could be the most important guy on a team, including the quarterback. I think he could be. But the thing is, if... Dak doesn't play well. Does Dallas even have a chance? Probably not. Okay, so that's so that's he's why. got a minimum play well. Yeah, I see the point. The same thing. Stafford had to play well. Yep. What do the Browns do if Jacoby Brissett plays better than well? What if he plays great? Keyshawn J. Will and Max HD, and for both of them, yes. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. 